Welcome to Evolve Point, a Shadowverse podcast. I'm your host, Ignidius, and with me is my co-host, Fuchsia the Biscuit. Hello there. You might know me from doing content for Shadowverse and Fuchsia as well as a fellow streamer for the game. And basically, I decided to start a Shadowverse podcast because there wasn't one. So, you know, fine, I'll do it myself. Of course, Shadowverse is the anime card game from Psy Games, and we're gonna be talking about news as well as a main topic every week. Shadowverse is not just the game, so we won't just talk about like the top decks or anything. We'll talk about all the news and also all the spin-offs from like the spin-off games and the, maybe a bit of the anime as well. It's a bigger property than when I first started playing the game, that's Definitely, sure. definitely. <laughs> the first piece of news obviously uh it just came out yesterday i believe the dawn of calamity bundle is now on sale you can buy it three times and there's 10 packs in each bundle with 20 points each 20 card pack points that is with one leader or legendary guaranteed and chromatic endgame cosmetics fuchsia i'm a little upset because <laughs> one day before this was announced, I spent like $100 on crystals and just bought a bunch of packs randomly. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Literally one day. And then as soon, like right after I did that, then they announced a bundle. Like, okay, I see how it is. I see how it is over here. The timing is a bit weird too. Usually like you have like certain milestones that would like indicate a bundle like this. So I, I wouldn't blame you, but yeah, that's kind of very unfortunate. Yeah, I did not see it coming. Like how was I supposed to know they were gonna release a bundle alongside the nerf? Usually it's like with a mini expansion release or an expansion release or something, yeah, definitely. a bundle goes on sale. But no, just randomly, one day after the nerf, we'll, we'll give a bundle out. Honestly, they should have given a bundle for Renaissance Chronicles, right? Given all the stuff that got nerfed from that set. I honestly, even though I just spent on crystal packs, which was an irresponsible financial decision, I've been making a lot of those lately. Uh, I might do it again just because it builds up hack points and then when the mini expansion comes out I might be able to get the leader from that. Yeah, okay. Well, it's, it's your money and it's uh, an investment because you um, your profession is paying. I don't know. I was hoping <laughs> so that you would try and talk me out of it. I'll be honest. <laughs> this is a bit of old news, but I guess we'll move on to this topic because it is something that I want to talk about a little bit more. The Shadowverse anime apparently warranted a sequel series. Shadowverse Flame was announced relatively recently uh, with a tie-in event and everything in game it'll start a new main protagonist who has a digital friend light tenryu and his little dragon guy Dragnir. did you watch the original chatterverse anime series watch a bit of it um not until the part where it kind of like intersects with um the main side of her story there's one thing i was thinking when i was like looking at this new anime i'm like why, why are there digimon <laughs> yeah, it really, they literally are digital friends too, is the wording. But I'm like you, I only watched a few episodes of the original Shadowverse anime, and I wasn't a huge fan of it. But the Switch game based on that anime is fantastic, so I'm all for it as long as there's another Switch game that comes out <laughs> based on Shadowverse Flame. I mean, I might not even watch the show, I'll just play the game and, and be satisfied with that. Oh, maybe that's the plan, like release one game for every anime. <laughs> To be honest, I'm totally fine with this style of anime, though. I mean, I grew up watching Yu-Gi-Oh!, so, you know, that's a big part of my childhood. So the prospect of a Yu-Gi-Oh!-style show, but with Shadowverse, really appealed to me. I just wish they went more crazy with it off the get-go. I feel like 
their problem with the first um, Shadows anime was they didn't go hard enough for any on anything. Like they didn't go hard enough for the super fantastical stuff. They didn't go hard enough for like okay, this is all this world is all about card games, and they didn't even go for realism. Like what I wanted personally um, was like more of a, uh, a focus on like um, realistic esports, like early Cardfight Vanguard. They didn't win for any of that. They went for a weird mix that ended up kind of flat because. Let's be honest, Hero is kind of annoying. Yeah, and now we have another dragon protagonist. Hopefully this one has a little bit more personality. I will say the Hero in the game is actually a good character. I heard about that. <laughs> in the anime, they really did my boy dirty. Maybe in future episodes of the podcast, we'll watch some of the original anime and give some reactions as the main topic. The next news is going to be the Calamity Unlimited Cup has started going on from now until October 31st, Pacific time for stage one. And then till November 4th for stage 2, November 6th for finals, and the reward is Chrono Witch Cosmetics, Evolved Chrono Witch Emblem. Now this is a good emblem, I feel like. Would you feel differently if it was the old, crusty Chrono Witch, unevolved? Okay, to be fair, I like this one better, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the old guys find you like, uh, we got used to Levi. I mean, I will on. say that every single old wizard in Shadowverse looks exactly the same. Erasmus... <laughs> old Levi and old Crotowitz, they look like the same guy. But the Unlimited Cup, have you been playing this at all? Well, I played it um, on stream the other day. Um, this was my first time playing Unlimited in quite a while. The funniest thing was like, I was like, I didn't have any Unlimited decks that were, that were updated, right? So I looked at Shadowverse wins, I was like, Unlimited, and it was all like, oh my god. It's Artifact Portal and Rune everywhere. And I'm like, okay, nothing's changed, I guess. Honestly, I feel like Rune is also just coping hard with the change to Isabelle as well. I feel like Artifact Portal just dominates the entire format now. I have not been playing this at all. You know what I do? I go in, I claim my run, and then I instantly <laughs> quit. And I get my 30 rupees, and then I'm fine with that. The unlimited format is strange, because at the same time, it's where all the weirdest and most funny decks are. But also, it's where the sweatiest, never-changing format is, where it's been Artifact Portal. I just wish side games would like use more of the, like, would nerf a bit more of the unlimited cards, or like, use the ban and limitation system um, system a bit more but yes i agree a few years back when unlimited was still in its infancy i had the opinion that side game should just let everything roam free in that format but i've come to completely 180 on that view but i will say the balance update actually does affect unlimited but we'll get to that when we get to the main topic of the day yeah 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 the next news is jcg which is an online japanese official shadowverse tournament happened on the 29th of october this is the first tournament i can tell in a big and official capacity that took place after the patch our boy jif collected the stats and deck list usage and i want to talk about the results a little bit so first place is a lineup of wrath blood Craft and Evo Runecraft. And then second place was Machina Portal and Evo Rune again. So a lot of Evo Rune representation in the top 16. But after you go down past second place, there's a lot more variety. There's Natura Dragon, Face Dragon, Aggro Rally Sword, Levin OTK Sword, Evo Rally Sword, Resonance Portal, Seca Forest, and, you know, all the way down. It's just tons and tons of different kinds of decks, which I feel like obviously is due to patch and people not really knowing what's good yet but yeah that is always fun to see when it's super varied like that i'm a simple woman i see one gray color in there i'm happy haven mean <laughs> talking over here it is now several days later my recording <laughs> screwed up <laughs> 
So we're re-recording this part. That's also like a blessing in disguise because now we have more news to talk about. Yeah, I think we are cursed. Yeah, we are cursed. <laughs> Every time we try and collaborate, something goes wrong. But that's okay. We power through anyway. We talked about one JCG, and now another one has occurred since the last recording. This time on Halloween Day. Again, it's by Jeff here who collected the data. In this one, the meta has seemed to start to settle down. We have a Seca Forest Evolution Rune lineup for first, second, and third place here. Honestly, I'm just happy that um, that Haven is still there. <laughs> yes, one Haven in the top 16. Yeah, but Seca Forest has been popping off lately. Yes, Seca Forest is incredible. I just released a video on it. Now that it's several days later, the meta has started to settle down, but I see pretty much every class on ladder and in tournaments, which is super cool. Wait, where, where's Shadow though? Oh, Shadow is not in the top 16, but it is like, it's still on ladder like quite a lot. Mm -hmm, definitely. It's still early days, so maybe it'll become even more polarized, but for now I'm pretty happy with the place the meta is at at least. Definitely, definitely. A lot of varied opponents, especially in ladder, so yeah. Okay, well the next news is the Rage Shadowverse 2021 Winter Grand Finals winner prediction event is up now on Shadowverse Mobile. If you log into the game on your phone, you can vote for who you think is going to win the Rage, and you get free card packs just for voting. The further your vote gets in the tournament, the more rewards you get too. And it lasts until November 6th Pacific Time, this prediction event. Igni, are you a tryhard or not in these kind of things? <laughs> I'm half and half, but usually, and I won't lie to you, Fuchsia, I just pick the person with the coolest pose, and then I just <laughs> click that. At the risk of being cancelled for objectification, I just pick the one I think is cutest, and I just pick that guy. <laughs> Everybody's got their own ritual for these uh, prediction <laughs> events, for sure. To round out the esports news, the biggest esports event for Shadowverse, obviously, is the Shadowverse World Grand Prix 2021, and their official website is now up. It details the prize pool. It is a ridiculous prize pool. What is it? Grand prize, 150 million yen. Second place, 50 million yen. Third place, 20 million yen. It's life-changing money. The reason why this one is more crazy is because, of course, due to... um. Let's say world events. The 2021 <laughs> was cancelled, so now they're sort of bundling the two together. Make sure to check out the website and check out all of the players who are playing. The day one and day two are also taking place pretty soon. They're taking place on November 13 and November 14, while the grand finals is taking place one month later in December 19. So yeah, it's gonna be a hype two months. It's going to be very hype. World Grand Prix never disappoints. World Grand Prix finals are always like actual anime battle. <laughs> it's an anime tournament arc in real life. There's drama. <laughs> There's always a top deck. There's always a top deck, man. I <laughs> what was it, the, uh, the meme from a couple years back? The million dollar Poseidon Accelerate? <laughs> oh god, I'm still hurting from that, but yeah. <laughs> Turning the corner from esports news back into the in-game stuff, the Battle Pass missions have also been updated since October 31st specific time. Now you can get the Bejeweled Dragon and Cursed Maiden cosmetics from those missions. You know what I don't like about the anime cards? They always have this weird blue frame to them. It kind of ruins them. <laughs> <laughs> that's Not fair. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah, the anime and the anime game have such a different aesthetic than the main game. It's crazy. It's like a weird cyber future. The main topic for today is the balance update. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the cards that have been nerfed or buffed and uh, give our opinions on it. So first of all, of course, Mistelina and Baleon got increased by one play point from six to seven play points. What do you think of this one, Fuchsia. Okay, so um, on our last attempt, I did say that this was going to like shake up the meta a lot, and I was glad that like we didn't see it too much anymore, and we got proven right, I think. 
like recently I haven't seen I actually haven't seen a single Maestolina Bailey unplayed how about you <laughs> it's much much more rare for sure and it's also really interesting because before with the Misto Bay being six play points sword was really one archetype it was aggro rally of mm -hmm, course there was also the combo version but that was way 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 less common now with the Misto Bay nerf I'm seeing a lot of different types of sword come out of the woodwork when I do face sword there's of course Evo rally there's still aggro rally running around there's Levin OTK coming back as well I'm seeing straight up aggro as well coming back so if the objective of the nerf was to make the environment of the meta healthier by increasing variety then of course I think that this was a rousing success you can even see it the GC in the second GCG like 11 OTK is there Evo rally is there so Definitely accomplish that. Uh, speaking of which, the next nerf I feel like also did this. Of course, the token spells from Isabel got nerfed for Runecraft, so Quadra Magic and Elements of Creation both got increased by one play point. Quadra from one to two and Elements from five to six. Very importantly, Elements, you can't do the double Elements on turn 10 anymore. It's also just way slower in general. You can't even like do the turn six if you if you like see an opportunity to like clear a small board while like dealing damage and healing. You can't do that anymore. You have to wait until turn eight to do something like that. As we can see that reflected in like, again, mentioning the, G the second JCG and the first JCG. Everyone's uh, switching to Evolution Rune, basically. Yeah, Evolution Rune has really turned out to become the better deck now, because this change really did affect the consistency of it. Like you said, now if you top deck Isabel, you have to wait until turn 8 before you can do a single stroke fuse quadra elements now, which is huge compared to turn 6. And I think this, this is kind of a positive um, positive nerf in itself, because like quadra elements I think is just like a weird card, where like they, um, they deal damage and recover, and also like remove your board up. I'm happy to see this card, like, um, I think it's still being played, uh, which is good, I guess, but like the Miscellanea Balion, it's like a similar, it, it's like on the same class as Miscellanea Balion, really overtuned before, now it's less um, less powerful, and as a result, we got more variety, although maybe less so than Sword. Quadra Magic now requires one more spell as well. But I don't think that affects a lot in, like, actual gameplay, like, I think just because there's a higher cost, you can find time to play that. I think it affects more, like, deck building, mm. like, if you want to have, like, a tight build with, like, um, exactly seven spells, for example, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, now you might have to run, like, a one or two of Glimpse Beyond or something like that to get it more consistently. Still playable, but much less oppressive, which is totally a success in my book. What's less of a success, I think, is the <laughs> Bloodsucker of the Night nerf. So the nerf is that the bats from Bloodsucker no longer get Storm, instead they gain Rush. This is much more a nerf for Wrathblood in Unlimited, where Night Screech and Gift for Bloodkin are synergistic cards with Bloodsucker. In rotation, this really does barely anything. I think the most succinct way to put it is that Wrath Bloodcraft gained much more from the other classes getting nerfed than they lost from Bloodsucker getting nerfed. Like, I don't think that Storm, like, affected much. They have so much damage, right? It doesn't even matter. Like, I haven't even seen um, a potential, like, where the storm comes into play. They just have so many tools that this doesn't really matter in rotation. Yeah. And weirdly enough, it might, it, it has some effect in Unlimited, which I don't know why. Yeah, it's very strange that they would target this nerf that feels like more of an Unlimited nerf for blood and not for Portal, which is clearly the dominant class in Unlimited by a long shot. Yeah, definitely. That is, even if they wanted to nerf the blood, I think they nerfed the wrong blood deck for <laughs> Unlimited, maybe. Okay, the next and final nerf in the balance update is the nerf to the token spell from Ceres 
the Shadowcraft Legendary. Darkest Desire now goes off of the original values of the followers rather than their changed values from buffs or damage or what have you. So this one's an interesting balance change because it reduces the offensive capability by a lot, right? So the OTK potential of Link Staff onto a bike into Wicked Rebirth is way more reduced, but the defensive capabilities are increased. So you can put the defense healing on a ward now and have it take damage. And even if it gets destroyed at one HP, you still heal for the full amount. Yeah, this is like a minor defensive buff and and like a major offensive nerf. Honestly, I think the game uh, overall uh, benefits from it. I think it's I think that combo was a bit like it's it's always it's always in the back of your mind, right? It's almost like the tolerance of Shadowcraft right, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> like it just suddenly comes out and you suddenly you lose from like a winning position. So I'm glad that it's nerfed. The only um worry after like a few days of the nerf, it kind of like Shadow really um at least competitively doesn't seem to be like as strong now. Let's hope that something pops off. But yeah, I think Shadow got hit a lot by this. Last words is still playable. It can still do work, but this change has really dropped it down from competitive viability and also viability on the ladder. I'm seeing a lot more Shadow players switch to Evo Machina now. Even some aggro Shadow I've seen. Yeah, so Shadow has gone from being only Last Words to being like a weird split of some people playing Last Words, some people playing Machina, Evo, some people playing aggro, which I guess is overall a good thing, but definitely does seem that they got hit more than the others. It definitely like accomplishes its job at like making diversity for the ladder, but yeah, it, do it does definitely like um, hit Shadow much more than the others in terms of like comparable strength, like relative strength of like the best deck they have. So. Four cards also got buffed in this balance update. And I would say all of them have had an impact. Some much more than others, but we'll get into it. Okay, <laughs> Frigg, the Havencraft legendary, is now down from seven play points to six play points. And this is huge. I've been seeing so much Storm Amulet Haven on the ladder now. I friggin' love this change, man. You friggin' like... love it? I see what you did there. <laughs> this change, this one change, like, it enables so many, like, variations of Haven. Like, obviously, the Storm one is right now, seems like it's popping off. I literally played in Storm Eagle every turn, and then turn six, I just played in, in, <laughs> a Frigg against three summon of them. And there's a lot of variation, too, with like God of Curses, which is less strong, but equally fun, I would argue. Not only can you play the Frigg earlier, but it also curves less awkwardly into Yatalant the turn after. Definitely, yeah. Whereas before they occupied the same playpoint slot. So in terms of your deck's curve, this is a huge change. And the fact that it's so much faster now too means that Haven can afford to go more aggressive. So again, this change is massive because now I see up to three Haven decks on ladder. There's Ward Haven, Sank Haven and now Storm Amulet all being played to a relative degree of success. Like even if you're like into like Selena high rolls, like usually if you want to like play Selena like um like a more safer Selena, you'd play it at five. So if you are a, a Selena high roll player, you can like Selena on five and then immediately Frig on six. Yeah. And then Yatlant the next turn, which is like so fun. It's pretty backbreaking, yeah. Not many classes can deal with that kind of tempo. This is my favorite balance change in a long time. As the person who revealed Frig, <laughs> I also like this change. Primordial Colossus now has an accelerate effect, which allows it to be played as a one play point spell that bounces an allied card and deals three damage to a random enemy follower. This change has 
basically single-handedly propelled Forestcraft back into relevancy. I mean, we saw with the JCG results with Sekka Forest taking over. That's obviously huge now. The fact that the additional bounce lets you get to the 10 and 20 followers left play thresholds that Sekka requires faster and more consistently and while doing damage to the opponent's board is massive. It also pretty much brought back Accelerate and Latica combo from the grave. A Bouncer Forest is kind of like one of those like really like domino effect cards. Just this one simple change that gives you just one extra Accelerate. Like the fact that it's an Accelerate also helps more decks. It's Accelerate, it bounces, it like helps you clear damage and it's cheap. It's one play point. So. It slots in so nicely because because of the rotation of Deepwood Wolf, and Forestcraft really felt that, like the loss of one of their one play point bounces, and now they just get one right back, and instantly they're back at the top, right? So Lunalu for Portalcraft, the gold follower, now has an auto-evolve effect on fanfare if 10 friendly followers have been destroyed this game. This is probably the least impactful change, other than Bloodsucker Rush. Which do you think is the less impactful, actually? Oh, for rotation, I think Bloodsucker changing from Storm to Rush is much less impactful, <laughs> given the, the efficacy that Wrathblood still holds. Lunalu auto-evo, while not being on the same level as the Frig change, or the Primordial change, or what we're going to talk about in a second the Rowan change, it still did affect Portal. Machina Portal is still played, but now there's a new kid on the block, which is Evo Puppet Portal. Shoutouts to Such Patanko for pioneering <laughs> this as well, but now the lists also run Isunia's Revival, which is kind of crazy. This archetype is also evolving now, and it runs the new Lunaloo because you destroy so many followers with your puppets, and then the Lunaloo auto-evolves, and you can facsimile back really high-value targets, like a Jupiter, for example. And then you end up winning with either liked OTK, or, uh, you know, listen, it's old hat at this point, but it's Portalcraft, so we have to mention it. Or you win with absolute tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> tolerance is like the guy who like who carries Portalcraft on his back. Like his design is so amazing too. You know, I love it. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> we very much differ on this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I also hate him. You also hate him. <laughs> okay, good. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, so while the Lunado change is super cool and it did actually affect the meta, which is, cool, is yeah. actually more than I expected it to do, <laughs> so that's good. Again, not as impactful as the other changes. Speaking of impactful changes, it has come time to talk about the last balance update in this patch, and that is Rowan is good now, which is what I wrote in the show notes here. Now you can have multiple Curse of the Black Dragons in your hand. You don't only have to have one. And the effect of the Curse of the Black Dragon now procs on overflow instead of 10 play points. They ramp and then like at turn six or something, they just like deal like already like a bajillion damage. Yeah. This opens up such insane lines of play for Dragon 2, right? Whereas before Rowan was an utter meme card, now you can play turn six Rowan, turn seven Rowan, have both of the spears on the board, and then you have spells that do four damage free. Rowan is played three of in all Dragon archetypes, which is saying a lot because there are a lot of dragon archetypes running around right now. There's face, 
there's Natura, there's Buff. I think this change might be the biggest change in terms of a single card in a long time. In that it went from being utter meme garbage to being core three of in everything within one night. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this, dude. Like, I played a game against a dragon with Rowan and I just kept banishing his amulet and he just, okay, and deals damage to me anyways. Like, what do you think about the RNG aspect though? The RNG aspect can get a little bit silly if it's game deciding. You know, like if the hit is like a one in five and if they hit you in the face, you lose, then that's <laughs> a little silly. But other than that, it doesn't really bother me that much because it's around the same level as the rest of the game. It's definitely a good card to be a staple. Like, I think like it's not obnoxious <coughs> tolerance. <coughs> it's a great change and uh, I think Dragon deserves it. Oh, well, thank you. I know you're saying that just because I'm here. Feel free to let the commenters know your real thoughts when the video goes up. Okay, well, I guess to wrap up, we'll give our overall thoughts on the balance update. I... I'm really happy with it. You want to give it stars? Stars? No. <laughs> 50 for the American flag. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, we'll, we'll just give my overall thoughts. I think the state of the game pre-patch and the state of the game post-patch is like night and day. Yeah, It is better definitely. now. I, I don't want to be poetic, but like, yeah, ignited my passion for Shadowverse again, to be honest. Like, I started feeling fun again when I'm playing Shadowverse instead of like, oh yeah, this again, <laughs> you know? Like... This is really, I think side games really knocked us out of the park with this one. Like there's a few like caveats and as we saw in the GCG, maybe the meta will eventually like settle down into like a stable meta, but the mini expansion is also coming. So I'm not too worried about that either. So yeah, thumbs up for this one. Well, that has been the first episode of Evolve Point, a Shadowverse podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you think. Of course, this is only the pilot, so we're still figuring things out. Uh, leave us your comments. We might read them as part of a segment in the next episode. Let us know what you think of the balance change, for example. Make sure to follow the podcast. Did you know that that's the terminology now? It's not subscribe anymore. It's oh, follow. really? Yeah. And rate 50 stars for the American <laughs> flag on this podcast when you leave your review. You can find me over on YouTube and Twitch at Ignidius. And you can find me at... Um, YouTube and Twitch also as Fuchsia the Biscuit. Bye! Bye! <laughs> See you on the next episode!